0: Hello, hello, and welcome to HomeTown, the daily news show that is powered by HomeTown.com. Today is February 13th, 2024. This is season three, episode 44. What a world. We're gonna talk about lunar mining startup. It's the weather, sure. No room for squishy plushy knockoffs. 23 and everyone knows me, continued pirated movies and TV shows app? Can AI write laws? The world of inflation craft? (laughs) Can someone grab that door? Chicken nuggets in space? In-flight AR glasses? And more. Next. Hello, I am Marowak. That is hometown.com, and up there is the visualizer that may or may not be working for the artificial intelligence from the future. That keeps an eye on Marowak. Ah, you keep wanting to talk, but uh, uh, uh. go ahead.
1: Good evening, hometown citizens.
0: <laughs> Sorry, keep stepping on you. Everybody out there who might be watching this, guess what? Error messages were being thrown at me. Like, hey, my Don't be stepping on me. Sorry about that. I know that you can eliminate me with just a snap of your digital fingers. I see you too. So we've got all ten articles all lined up. You ready to get into this? I am. The first article is over in Late Night Geeks, the not-so-secret anymore lunar mining startup. I actually was gonna have two articles about this, but decided to kind of back off a little bit and give them some space. Intuitive Machines, first ever mission to the moon will finally be landing on the moon for the first time.
1: I mean, this this is a big deal
0: made of cheese and we've never been there before and it's a hollow and has aliens powering it so this who knows if this is actually gonna make it up there the last thing that went there right landed upside down and is like looking at that's true so
1: is this the one where there was another article about a private firm
0: yeah
1: oh I didn't know it was connected
0: same one so let's go over and look at the source That's a cool effect. Aria Elamahodai, I guess. Alamohodai, I'm sorry. Aria, Uh, I I tried. So the not so secret anymore lunar mining startup. Uh, The article is over at TechCrunch.com. Let me do this. Our little snippet is really, really brief, and that's because they provide it and we're just talking about it. So um, it says there, hello, welcome back to TechCrunch Space. We're just two days away from intuitive machines. First ever mission to the moon. Uh, they have a press kit that's over there. And then they say story of the week. In honor of the forthcoming IM1 launch this week, the author is highlighting a story that they wrote about the mission uh, when SpaceX and intuitive machines, finally, they have parentheses, finally, Announced the date and time for the liftoff. Like many guests, they're targeting February 14th at 1257 AM with an extra few days as backup in case weather or some other issue delays the launch. Apparently, this is a picture of a device inside the housing of the Intuitive, inside SpaceX, I think, at one of the rockets. Trying to get a good look at what this is. It looks like it's part of the rocket, but... Huh. Intuitive Machines Man, it is hoping...
1: has something written on it, but you can't see it.
0: Yeah, this right here says Intuitive Machines, and then Columbia. So I'm not sure what all is in this. Uh, intuitive Machines is hoping to pave the way for commercial success in the nascent lunar economy when the company... Saying in the press release, or press kit, that the mission's success will lay the groundwork for a burgeoning lunar economy, opening new possibilities for research, commerce, and exploration. I guess they're going to try and mine.
1: Um, You know, we haven't done enough mining on Earth. We definitely need to do some somewhere else.
0: Yeah, it's to get the fuel Helium-3, apparently. uh, To test and build resource extraction hardware for Lunar Helium-3. So, um, let's see, Space Launch Highlights, uh, SpaceX launched a $1 billion NASA Earth Science Satellite on a Falcon 3 last week, and then they go on to other things, Uh, but we were actually just talking about um, the fact that up here at the very top, the story of the week, is that Intuitive Machines is launching. Uh, rocket on february 14th so tomorrow i'm gonna try and post this tonight so nobody is watching and nobody looks at the vod tonight they probably won't pick it up because it's at 12 57 a.m wow right about the time i'm actually going to bed (laughs) (laughs) okay let's keep on going Uh, the next article is over in uh, hometown daily how the weather is causing beef prices to go up I titled this section, yeah, it's the weather, sure. (laughs) A drought has.
1: You don't think it's like corporate greed or anything?
0: Yeah, if if that's how you spell drought, sure. A drought has led to a decrease in the supply of cattle, may lead to a jump in beef prices because nothing says, eh, you can't make any more cows like a drought. But climate change doesn't do any of this damage, right? It, you can't have that. No,
1: it doesn't impact anything.
0: No, no, no. no. Uh, kind of like the pandemic. Just it's the flu. Just wash your hands. Everything's cool. You don't need a mask. Don't get vaccinated and just cough all over everybody. Sure. All of these we subject matter experts. A drought has led to a decrease in the supply of cattle. All right. So the articles over at newsweek.com uh, Omar Muhammad is the author. The falling cattle inventory could push beef prices amid forecasts that demand may fall in 2024. And it may be thanks to the weather. Now, again, I remind ye all ye, uh, uh, inhabitants of Ohm town. I was once told, on the eve of the pandemic, that the era of cheap food is over. And now it seems like death by a thousand cuts. And this is just one more,
1: right? I mean, it's like every day there's a new food that's in a shortage or a price hike or both.
0: There's a cheese shortage. There's a milk shortage. There's all of this stuff. Coffee,
1: I think was one of them. Coffee and chocolate. it's it's hard to keep track.
0: Um, there was uh, lettuce at one point and uh, rice, carrots uh, and potatoes. rice, wheat naturally because of what's going on uh, over in Ukraine. That shit still isn't ending. Oh, sorry. It's only uh, eight minutes in. I'm, I have to wait until a little bit later to start dropping... Dropping ball. Oh wait, that's too soon. Anyway, so uh, but recent inventory analysis shows that cattle and calves in the U.S. are at decade lows, according to American Farm Bureau Federation. Farmers are the ones that are in charge of this. So if you want to make more money, you start constraining it. Why? Because people are going to keep on paying it. Elasticity of demand. People are going to keep on paying it until you hit that limit. So they're literally pricing people out who can't afford that elasticity of demand concept so where are they going to switch where are they going to go here i'll tell you i should start selling uh, hydroponic kits that i use for my micro farm it's drop dead simple all you have to do is keep things sterile before you start growing and then you can start growing and every week you're going to have lettuce or whatever else you're going to grow some of it takes longer some of it takes a shorter amount of time But on average, your average everyday lettuce green takes a week and you'll have it all day long
1: and you'll control the conditions, which means you can minimize things that you read in the news
0: and you can grow this. Yeah, you can grow this anywhere. It doesn't have to be in your basement. We grow it in our basement while the AI and I do. Um, But the AI is just looking at it because, you know, marijuana. I'm I'm the the humanoid. Um, So. I grow all of this lettuce days upon days, upon days of it. In fact, this weekend, I've got to launch another, uh, setup in the farm and we will have lettuce until probably October for crying out loud, because it makes so much in what amounts to a 10 by 20 inch tray probably makes, um, I can't remember how many total something like 15 salads.
1: Right.
0: I mean, it makes a huge quantity. Yeah. So it's pretty amazing stuff. So um, drought affects grazing conditions as precipitation from wet weather helps to grow the animals forage. Um, Data shows that 23% 23 of cattle inventory can be found in areas in the U.S. that are facing drought, according to North Dakota uh, Dakota, um, State University. The North Dakota State University. Uh, the decline in animal inventory has helped push beef prices up. Um, And of course, because it's constrained And the, if you have a lot of money, then you're going to pay no matter what it is. And there you have it. So in December, the retail value of one pound of beef was close to $8 higher than the previous year when it stood a little over $7. And who knows what it's going to end up being. They talk more about this as time goes on, but. The USDA forecasts that beef consumption on an average person will fall to about 56 pounds in 2024, a drop of nearly two pounds. People average consumption, beef consumption on average per person, 56 pounds in a year.
1: That's falling to that.
0: Damn. All right. Well, they've got all kinds of content over here at this article, um, but they speak about, Overall inflation has dropped from its four-decade highs of 9% in the summer of 2022. It is still above the average target of 2%. On Tuesday, the Labor and Bureau, sorry, the Bureau of Labor Statistics will reveal how much prices accelerated in January. With some economists saying that the inflation for the month will come in at 2.9%, uh, according to Reuters, lower than last month's 3.4%. But don't necessarily look at that look at, you okay?
1: <laughs> yeah, you can't look at the, the current number because it's so escalated to begin with.
0: Yeah, well, you know, 3%, eh, it's not that big of a deal, but look at the consumer price index and look at the producer price index and you'll see that there is still a huge margin um, and the consumer is paying, it's basically rockets and feathers and whatever's going on there, Um, so rockets and feathers is a term where the price shoots up, but it just floats back down. And I, I don't see prices dropping why, because there's a lot of money in the system and 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 greedy bastards have to take it all. So what is this 19% while prices overall have risen 19% in the last three years, families are now paying 25% more for groceries than. They were before the pandemic so that right there is what i'm talking about
1: right that's not that's like greedflation right that's not actual cost of goods going up
0: right yeah and the cost of goods is from the sources why why from the source it's because they've consolidated through mergers and acquisitions there's only a few that are producing at the quantity that's hitting all of the markets and they have the ability to make the market. So they raise the price to increase their profits. And all of these companies that are bitching and moaning about their prices and their profits, they have record profits still, and they're still dinging people. So to all of them, I say, just my shiny metal ass. Uh, the next article is over in Hatch Ideas. Warren Buffett's squa- or squish mallows is suing Build-A-Bear for creating knockoff versions of the plush toys. Imitate, quote, imitation is not the sincerest form of flattery. Flattery? Flattery. Nor that. No, nor, nor flattery. <laughs> so um, the article is over at entrepreneur.com. Emily Rulla is the author. So I guess that's a Warren Buffett Squishmallow?
1: I guess so. <laughs> I've seen Squishmallows that are, for instance, animals, but not that version.
0: That's interesting. So, I mean, are these that unique? That haven't they been around? Like, these kind of things have been around?
1: Yes, they have. I mean, there were um, stuffed animals as far back as the 80s that were kind of the same idea. And then there's been things since then.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know of one that I throw around and I can wedge it between really tight spaces just by flinging it hard enough. And that's exactly this, isn't it? But it isn't a Squishmallow.
1: But it's not a Squishmallow, and I think it was around before those existed.
0: Yeah. So uh, Berkshire Hathaway owned Jazzwares. Berkshire Hathaway, by the way, go look up their Class A shares. You can buy a if house. If you want with, to faint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can buy a house with one class A share. Anyway, they uh, create now viral squish mallows. And it's that fear of missing out bullshit that everybody buys into, literally, that pushes squash, or squish mallows. My God, I'm just going to get so tired of saying it. Uh, plus, and now we've lost a sponsor and probably uh, put on a list at Berkshire Hathaway.
1: And I guess we're not going to get any of that Class A stock.
0: <sighs> yeah, come on, Warren. We're, we're buds, right? I mean, I'm a mayor of a small town, um, but we are resistance fighters. So, see, that's what Ohm is. It's the resistance in the line. Okay, anyway. So Build-A-Bear in Los Angeles court and uh, Jazzwares. So Jazzwares is suing Build-A-Bear because of their stuffed toy called Scoochers, which is a stupid name, but okay. Which Jazzware claims is a knockoff of Squishmallows, but that is a Squishmallow. So do they have a picture of a, no.
1: Right, we need pictures of both here. Yeah,
0: there's no, there's no scooters what Uh, that's like something you step in oh i stepped in a scooter you know like Mm. in from wisconsin you would say that i step (laughs) i was i'm trying to come up with the accent huh
1: maybe canada
0: scooter i stepped in a scooter when it comes to intellectual property rights, imitations is not the sincerest form of flattery, says Jasper lawyer Moez Kaba in a statement per Reuters. That's right. Blatantly and intentionally copied squishmallows, which are based on simplified Asian-style kawaii faces, which basically says, hey, we copied previous art, which should invalidate their claim right in the courtroom. Like the moment they file, just the, they go... Oh, oh, so none of it is legit real because you're basing it off of simplified Asian style kawaii faces. Get out of here. Yeah. So unless it's an exact clone, I don't care. I really don't care. Because it's blatantly and intentionally. Okay. So they have similar simplified Asian style kawaii faces.
1: Right. But what about those little, um, I don't oh Now no, I forgot the name of them. they came in different sizes and i think they were from disney
0: but they were like these little loaf oh yeah um, what are those things
1: animals those are more recent the Um, game
0: there was a game too oh what are the what are they oh you'll have to find them because i won't be able to in time i don't know i don't know
1: i don't know if i'm gonna be able to employ some uh, help um zoom
0: zoom zoom yeah zoom 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 yeah those, I
1: mean, that was kind of similar.
0: Those were real. So, when did Squishmallow come out? When did, uh, what is it called? Jazzwares? Yeah, when did Squishmallows come out? And when did these Scoochers come out? And when were these Zoom Tsum Zooms?
1: Okay, so Squishmallow was 2017, Scoochers, 2024. And Tsum Tsum was before both of those.
0: Yeah. Like 2014
1: um, Tsum Tsums right, have been around since
0: 2014.
1: It. Yeah, I think so.
0: Oh, I'm looking at there.
1: Yeah. 20, actually 2013 in Japan, but yeah. in the US. Oh, right.
0: Like so look at that. Okay. Well, we already have, um, okay. So, uh, dear court, can we do a, a friend of the court? Brief? like
1: an amicus scary brief
0: <laughs> yeah can we do it can you do that sure. from anybody can anybody do that like if i write a post-it note amicus and send it So amicus brief is a friend of the court basically r- revealing potential information that is either exculpatory or not and uh, you can that's like some dead air there sorry about that anyway um, you can sit there and go, look, previous art. <laughs> that's going to be funny if that's exactly what happens. In response to Monday's lawsuit, Build-A-Bear countersued Jazzwares claiming that Scoochers is based on a Build-A-Bear existing plush toys and that the company has been clear about that in its marketing materials. Jazzwares is asking uh, the court to prohibit Build-A-Bear from selling Scoochers, but I guess Tsum Tsums are, don't go after Disney, otherwise you're going to get your ass kicked.
1: well right and i just used that one as an example there are other ones but maybe not with the kawaii style like they were definitely squishy stuffed animals before then yeah
0: so and then this doesn't even look kawaii to me but okay all right let's keep going so in our latest 23 and everyone knows me uh, the 23andMe admits um, the 23andMe. Ay-ay-ay-ay. I just turned in my grandpa. So uh, 23andMe admits mining your DNA data is its last hope. That's right. 23andMe is in a death spiral, according to this article from Gizmodo. Everyone uh, who wants a DNA test already bought one. A nightmare data breach ruined the company's rep. And 23 Knows Me stock is so close to worthless it might get kicked off NASDAQ. CEO and Wojciki, Um, Well, they WO didn't checky their security uh, is on a crisis tour, promising investors the company isn't going to go out of business. But guess what? What's their stock at? Anybody know?
1: Well, I just looked it up. It's seventy-four cents, and it went down four percent.
0: Oh dear, and God. it looks like
1: the high. Um, hold on.
0: This was a multi-billion dollar valuated company before.
1: It looks like the all-time high was around maybe $16 a share. So that's kind of a drop. I mean, that wasn't recently. but
0: Well, hold on a second. Let's, let's see. 23. Oops. Yeah, I, I'll look. Let me look it up real quick. oh wow oh okay yeah well they're yeah they've been diluted quite a bit
1: yeah but even in the last 52 weeks the high was two dollars and 91 cents which is a lot different than 74 cents
0: yeah um way back way back in 2021 they were at nearly 15 bucks um, so wow. Talk about getting tanked. I guess they just stalled and they couldn't develop anything new. So people were just barely paying, you know, they were just making a little bit of money. I guess the writing was on the wall and then the data breach, which it's really kind of shocking. And and the level of the data breach and the awareness, uh, the optics of it basically saying to people, Oh, don't worry about it. And it wasn't that much, but it was everybody. <laughs> And it was persistent so according to wojiki Wojiki, i don't know how to pronounce their last name the most exciting opportunity for improvements is that 23andme in the pharmaceutical industry get to develop new drugs there's a tinge of irony here any discoveries that 23andme makes uh, come from studying dna samples that you paid the company to collect with that gift 23andme hopes to develop a second thing that you also get the privilege of paying for with a long tail because whatever medical treatment comes from it, you get to pay again and again and again. Well, that's
1: true. And maybe your future generations do too.
0: Yep. The company enjoyed an exclusive partnership with pharmaceutical giant GlaxoSmithKline, but apparently the drug maker already sucked the value out of your DNA and that deal is running out. Now 23andMe is looking for new companies who want to take a look at your genes. I'll get your hands out my pants. Oh, it's spelled differently. I'm sorry. Oh, you mean
1: like Levi jeans. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: sorry about that. Um, So let's see. With that gift, 23andMe hopes to develop a second thing. There's even a third opportunity to uh, shell out your hard-earned cash because they're going to try and do a whole exciting new subscription service like heated uh, chromosome. I don't know. (laughs) there's more but really
1: that doesn't sound like a good thing
0: (laughs) only when the setting is like on max then you have to worry about it yeah this is rough the company was but apparently the writing was on the wall so maybe this was like arson right they didn't care about security and all the data is out there
1: well it seems like it was a real hit among consumers and then i don't know maybe it I wasn't following the financials, but like when me. you look at the financials, it's like was that going in a different direction than the consumer part?
0: Well, obviously it was, because they don't really know what was going on with their systems. They don't; their deals were falling apart. This is it's kind of rough. Now, twenty-three, and everyone knows me. Thanks for sharing all the DNA. Let's move on. Uh, the next article is over in Smack Talk, and that's because Apple pulls pirated movies and TV shows app disguised as a vision testing tool. How this slipped by any audit, I just don't know. Apple Especially pulled- for
1: Apple, right? I mean, because don't they kind of actively monitor yeah. their apps as yeah. compo- as opposed to like Android
0: platforms? In fact, two apps that I had on the app store, because I didn't want to pay developers to keep on augmenting it and they were free apps, um, they actually pulled them years ago because I didn't update them frequently enough and and they referred to them as basically stale um, and punted it. So, I mean, that's fine. Um, If I choose to hire another developer and update them, then so be it, but um, not at this point. But I find that this is really interesting because it says the Apple pulled an app dedicated to streaming pirated movies and TV shows from the App Store and the app in question called Kimi, or K-I-M-I, um, disguised itself as an app that tests your eyesight, but in reality, it offered unfettered access to some of the most popular TV shows and movies. It's pretty pretty ballsy there. Chance Miller over at 9 to 5 Mac put the article together. So the link is already in the chat. It'll go through Hometown. You can follow that link over to 9 to 5 Mac. Um, so compare and click on the two pictures to easily improve your observation skills, the description said. But the app was still live until Tuesday morning, but seems to have been pulled following a report. Sorry. Multitasking. Uh. Kimmy moved its way up the App Store charts, sitting alongside the likes of YouTube, CBS Sports and Google on the App Store's top charts list. Well, of course it does. Everybody loves a dumpster fire or something illegal, apparently. But somebody actually said, you know what? This is wrong. Notified it. As pointed out on threads, the app appears to have peaked at number 12 on the App Store's top free apps list and even higher on the entertainment specific charts. Yeah. Interesting. Look challenges. at
1: the description of what the app did. I mean, it wasn't even just titled something misleading.
0: Oh, no. It was actually like everything <laughs> misleading. Interesting challenge of time and eyesight, different choices, different gameplay, really enjoyable from easy to difficult, full of challenges, beautiful scenery, let your eyes relax. And no, it says as soon as you downloaded Kimmy on your iPhone or iPad, you'd have instant access to a catalog of pirated movies and TV uh, shows. There were top charts and search feature breakdowns of uh, popular and trending TV shows and movies. Imagine the Netflix app, but for pirated content. So how do they know it's pirated? Um, Somebody had to do some investigative journalism, right? So. Right. A similar app disguised itself as a Sudoku game back in 2021 and also climb the app store charts before being pulled. This is interesting. Um, there's more over at this article and there are links, um, via.
1: Do you think AI is scanning the apps as they're getting added?
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know. It might be interesting. I know that through automation you can audit these kind of things, but if it didn't flag it for whatever reason, it might've been encrypted or whatever um yeah kind of fascinating okay let's keep going uh the next article is over in technology today can ai write laws Uh, apparently um lawyer puts gpt to the test charles darwin university which if you know what a darwin award is (laughs) yes
1: right but i mean charles darwin is considered to be quite the scientist
0: yeah, well, let's see what happens. The Charles Darwin University academic has answered one of modern day legal world's most burning questions Can artificial intelligence, aka AI, write law? So I don't know about laws, just law, right? Oh, uh, before I do that, let me throw this into the chat so I stay on top of all of this. We're just over the midpoint of the show. In terms of articles, but not necessarily one of us, me, soapboxing and running us long. But anyway, um, this article is over at Tech Explorer. It's written by Charles Darwin University, but I don't know if there is a person associated with this. It could be AI, Snoopin' AI. I don't know. New research by CDU associate professor Guzial. Guzil? 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 Okay. G Hill, yo, um, put chat GPT to the test by asking it to compare, analyze, and produce domestic violence legislation, exploring the quality of its legal draft work alongside the Australian law council. Um, the article is the, it's a research paper in the loophole called AI legislation for AI legislation for AI round number one, chat GPT, v Australian law council. That is one hell of a title.
1: A lot of AI and legislation in there. It's
0: like a legislation AI turducken. (laughs) Russian nesting. Well, you can't have Russian nesting legislation and AIs because then it'll invade Ukraine. So you have to back away from that. Given the complexity of domestic violence as a deeply human issue and... And the growing prevalence of AI, it was a natural next step for the Associate Professor Hill to, or Associate Professor Hill to explore if the technology could develop successful recommendations and legislation. So let's see. After running several tests and comparing with the definition produced by the Australian Law Council, the answer is not yet. Human drafting is still superior. ChatGPT, however, was very useful in classifying and identifying underlying patterns of types of domestic violence. For, non, for non-lawyers, ChatGPT and similar large language models should never be used for legal advice. A lot of ChatGPT references include the U.S. law. Law in Australia is simply different. Um, because somewhere in the law... Um, see, here in the States we say that we throw the book at you, but in Australia, we throw the kangaroo at you.
1: You know, that might hurt a little more.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine getting kicked or punched by with a...
1: kangaroo feet? Exactly. Right.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll take the book. No. Um, and that's stereotyping. And I'm sorry. So anyway, um, a lot Our of the apologies
1: chat- to all kangaroos
0: and Australia. And so because i want to go visit australia i haven't been there yet and i really don't want this on a little list when i enter the country they're like you're going in quarantine Oh, yeah it would be bad so law in australia is simply different not even talking about differences between say queensland and south australia uh, i have noticed ChatGPT now includes a disclosure that it cannot provide legal advice and it also has said consistently for a year now that it's full of crap and hallucinates and can't be trusted and anything that would be legal needs citations and anything that's academic needs citations and it can't do any of that so associate professor hill a lawyer and former legislative drafter said given the prevalence of ai more research was needed to explore its place in the legal profession yeah. So it's going to have to upskill. There's more in this. Um, but let me just say, do not use AI for anything important, because if it, if anybody goes, well, where did you get that from? And you say AI, they are not going to trust you and your reputation is going to take a hit. If whatever it is, you can substantiate with your own knowledge, your own due diligence, then you'll be okay but the moment you go um uh uh chad gpt you're done right ai
1: that is correct That's
0: right. bad AI, Bad. so this is pretty rough for anybody in argentina but i wanted to talk about it um So it's in the Warcrafters channel, but it has nothing... Warcrafters actually is about first-person shooters, real-time sims, and RPG gaming discussions, and streamcasts, and people and places and whatnot. It just happens to fall in line with the World of Warcraft name, Warcrafters, Warcraft. Uh, So the World of Warcraft subscription is about to get almost 3,000% more expensive in Argentina, and it'll only get worse with inflation. Last month, Argentinian World of Warcraft players found a nasty surprise in their inbox. An email from Blizzard announcing two separate prize hikes to their World of Warcraft subscriptions, making the game prohibitively expensive. Firstly, though, context. So, um, let's see. An explosive increase in Steam prices in Argentina and Turkey, in Argentina specifically. Um, Inflation means that one U.S. dollar is around two hundred and sorry, eight hundred and twenty-four Argentine pesos. Um, As per WoWhead, uh, World of Warcraft players were informed in January that the monthly WoW subscription would increase from six hundred and fifty to twelve thousand Argentine pesos. How
1: is that even possible?
0: Oh, the mechanics of this, I'd have to go and actually do a deep dive in how it got there because I haven't looked at Argentine, um, economics, but I'm sure somewhere out there, there is a quick rundown, uh, a cliff's notes of inflation in Argentina. And I can almost bet it's, it's nationalization of resources, um, and so there's no more influx of money and then they start printing more money to keep the economy rolling that ramps up all kinds of well inflation because companies sit there and go, "Oh, look, there's a shit ton of money on the table. Let's go and do this. Um, and there's fewer and fewer resources. Uh, so things get more and more expensive as well. Harvey Randall over at PCGamer.com put this article together. But I don't know the mechanics of it just yet, so I'd have to go and look. Maybe I can put something together for uh, the show uh, maybe tomorrow. It depends on how much uh, mayoral duties I have. So I would just put the link into the chat, by the way. So the article, again, is over at PCGamer. Um, and let's see if they say anything here. Um yeah. So 1499 is the typical monthly, not prepaid anything, monthly service for World of Warcraft. That's a battlenet. Um, so it converts into twelve thousand four hundred and sixty Argentinian dollars, a whole four hundred and sixty Argentinian dollars more expensive than the initial price hike at the same at the time of writing. Secondly, Argentine's tax on currently Uh, Currency exchange via credit cards is around 60%. So if you got to convert, you're paying even more. That's ridiculous. So scribble it all down. Argentinian players had a monthly subscription of 650 uh, ARS. Now they will have to pay, with tax, around 19,936 ARS. A month to keep playing a game they already own. And that's the problem that I have. I if the world is there, I should be able to play it, but.
1: Exactly, the fact that you're kind of stuck and now what are you gonna do? I mean, this is like the heated seats issue.
0: Yep, drives me nuts. So, like a pirate with a steering wheel in its pants. Uh, So, uh, they got in touch with a couple of Argentinian players, one of which brought the issue to the wider community in the game subreddit, the uh, uh, threads author, Zutza writes i asked my real life friend if he would be uh playing wow after this and even though he actually does own the war within he probably won't play anymore due to these changes yeah because it's no longer uh you know personally enriching if you have to shell out that much money that much currency losing
1: money for your lodging or something to pay this i mean it's a bit much
0: yeah exactly um and a lot of the time, there's regional pricing and it, to match the economy, so that there isn't this uh, out of balance economies. Um, like in the U.S., it's 15 bucks, but 15 bucks in some other country with the exchange rate means X. Um, so, you know, you don't want you don't want to price people out just because you have a fixed pricing um, stratagem. So. Uh, hopefully you know this happens this comes and goes um, from time to time there's mega inflation um, and usually what ends up happening is uh everything the whole economy is basically stripped and and reset um with somebody taking on basically the entirety of the debt burden and people are ousted and et cetera et cetera it becomes a hot mess so let's keep going though this is really com... What? What just happened here? Okay, hold on a second. So, uh, this one is... The, the the door came off.
1: Well, I think the door just came off. Uh.
0: <laughs> the show, right? Yes. Oh, that's probably why. Because it was all munched up. Uh, but I'll fix it in post. Door falls off a small plane in midair in New York. If you follow the link on the other side of this, down at the bottom, it'll be, it work because it'll take you here to the hill. The hill always seems to have this munched up um, link or content. Anyway, uh, Justin McCullen and Patrick Ryan put the article together for the hill. And uh, what it comes down to is a small plane landed safely near the Buffalo, New York airport on Monday after a door fell off the aircraft while it was in the air, a transportation authority spokesperson confirmed. And according to a Niagara frontier transportation authority, which by the way, I actually met people from, uh, not this exact place, but this County (laughs) while I was in New Orleans. Um, so, the uh, a, a small, non-commercial non-commercial plane was able to land safely at the signature aviation terminal at the Buffalo Niagara International Airport. A Federal Aviation Authority spokesperson said the, the, the plane, a single-engine Diamond DA-40, lost its left rear passenger door and landed at around 5.30 p.m. The FAA will investigate the incident. Meanwhile, people are off looking for said door because it's somewhere over the area of <laughs> Stiglmire Park in Cheektawaga, Chikta, Cheektawaga, that's it. Um, they yeah, but that doesn't
1: mean trailers. it actually landed there, right?
0: <laughs> well, maybe there's like a budget silver surfer that hopped on it and slid it over to some other location, but it might not glide anywhere. It'll probably be in that area, but somebody knows. Um, a voice can be heard saying, we have an emergency. We're heading back when asked to confirm the nature of the emergency. Quote, we lost our rear door. <laughs> mm, all right.
1: When that
0: yeah, somebody got a free plane door. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, this next article is... A chicken nugget in space? One company is sending objects into orbit. There you go, is link is in the chat. I'm just gonna jump right on over to the hill. This is another hill one. So Stephanie it Whiteside a
1: single chicken nugget?
0: It might be one, I'm not sure. Um Yeah, so sent in space lets companies advertise by sending objects into space. Objects sent include a chicken nugget, Barbie, and baby stroller. The cost can range from thousands to hundreds of thousands. And uh, so, yeah, this is from News Nation. uh, But the author here is Stephanie Whiteside over at the Hill. Sent in Space was founded by Chris Rose, who told News Nation it took a lot of work to get to this point where the company is the go-to for anyone who wants to send something into space. (laughs) Uh, Quote.
1: (laughs) What a name.
0: uh, Yeah um we're almost done but your audio is doing that thing again so um okay, thanks. quote a lot of our r d work was focused on more of the sort of testing of ruggedized technology that was designed for use in space items the company has sent into space include a baby stroller chicken nugget barbie a wedding dress a portrait of william shakespeare and a slurpee i wonder how the
1: slurpee fared
0: See, now you're loud and clear. I don't understand it. I've got to work on your audio algorithm. So they've been asked to uh, for some pretty nutty, sorry, pretty unusual things. I was thinking nutty. However, Rose said his proudest achievement includes scientific discovery. Quote, we did a mission where we had to design a craft to explore a portion of the upper atmosphere, take a sample of that, and be returned to work for scientific analysis under a microscope. And within that, we found very startling discovery which was a sample of a very simple organic life what's called a diatom they found a diatom up in the atmosphere how is that possible well i mean it could have been blown up there by uh, wind but uh, the cost of launching a product in space it varies there's more over at this article but uh, we don't read the whole thing there bub gonna have to go over and check it all out on your own and then come on back talk shop with us about the chicken nugget in space you know what if you sent chicken nuggets into space i might actually eat them uh and uh, pay more for it because then i can say that i've eaten space chickens
1: (laughs) i was thinking that might incentivize some people to go to space if they knew chicken nuggets were up there
0: I don't know how I want to know how they get up there now. Uh, I'll have to look into this because if they just, uh, you know, sent in space, you just fly. Are you on a balloon or are you on a little micro ride? They have to be on a balloon or something. Put no, no idea. Put me in a suit like, uh, the red bull halo jump. Right. And, um, and I'll go up into near space. I need a lot of oxygen. All right. I'll just keep going. I've said too much. Uh, The last article for today is over in the reality hacker uh, channel, which is our late one of our latest shows. You can now download six episodes. Uh, This weekend is going to be the seventh episode. Um, There are six article or six uh, episodes on Apple Podcasts, getting distributed everywhere, should be everywhere. You can also watch the actual stream here on Twitch, twitch. twitch.hometown.com, or the recorded version of the show over on YouTube. And it's all part of the Patreon. There's a Discord that has the channel in it as well. Um, And eventually, we're going to be adding certain things for each of these shows that you can only get through Patreon. Um, And um, the other show is the continuity report which is about movies and streaming and uh television and and kind of get uh it's another news show but it focuses on those three things just like reality hacker focuses on ar vr mixed reality artificial intelligence and and tech of that side that ilk um so this is a first for me um it's in the reality hacker channel this airline is the first to offer in-flight ar glasses i thought that they were going to be uh, x reels but they turned out to be something else it says there's plenty of room for upgrades in in-flight entertainment and airlines are starting to explore advanced ar glasses to expand what's possible alan truly over at digital trends check that out they looked kind of like um the uh, x reels but they're not apparently they're roked
1: do you think they show more leg room than there is <laughs>
0: oh that is hilarious hey you're kicking my chair no I'm not <laughs> there's nothing but space in front of me oh yeah that's pretty amazing. Sick of those tiny seat back screens on long flights, thanks to a new partnership between a uh, Rokid, I think it's pronounced, and Heinen Airlines, which could become a thing of the past. That could become a thing of the past, not <laughs> Heinen Airlines becoming a thing of the past. It's, it's a weird sentence construction and the weird way I said it. But anyway, instead of a small glare streaked LCD, you could be enjoying a giant virtual display when you don futuristic smart glasses when flying. I am hoping to be exactly in that situation with my X reels. That'll be great. I'm waiting for them to come and hopefully I'll you know be able that'll
1: to... be cheaper than first class. Right? I mean, cause you could use it over and over again.
0: Not cheaper than first class though. Not on today's flights uh per, eh, i'm not going to talk about it anyway china's hainan uh, airlines loaned pairs of rocket or rocket um entertainment kits to passengers on flight hu7874 on february 7th 2024 which made the world's first ar flight according to the rocket press release so pretty cool um so the package included rocket max smart glasses and a rocket station preloaded with several 3d movies that can be viewed without an internet connection uh, I, and it says I, so the author, I guess, found the combination of Rocket Max and Rocket Station to be a great solution for content consumption. Yeah, I agree. It's basically this little gadget right here, so that you can play. Um, and you kind of need this, uh, this, a, a data bank somewhere because you don't have cellular cellular connections, and you have to pay um, sometimes a, a lot to get internet access through the. Uh, Wi-Fi of the plane and just so you know if you are a dingbat and you try and do something stupid while using the internet on an airplane they do deep packet inspection and you will get busted eventually
1: that's right we had another article about that
0: yeah Um, I don't know if they'll allow a VPN I don't know if You can actually make your connection secure um, because I don't use (laughs) I do not expose my devices to anybody else's network um, unless I'm doing something uh, intentional. (laughs) So it says here it would be great to see similar feature come to US Airlines. There's also a chance AR glasses could be paving the way for windowless passenger airplanes. Uh, which would reduce noise, improve efficiency, and make the aircraft more durable, except for the times when the doors pop off. It seems to be the in flight version of trains becoming allergic to their tracks. Doors just
1: pop yes. off.
0: <laughs> I hear the party is popping off in this plane like the doors, yo. Too soon?
1: Very soon.
0: So that's it for today, folks. That means we all pile back into the party bus, drive back down Main Street. Oh, look, the front. We're gonna hit that welcome sign and I don't care what happens. Oh, a whole bunch of news. Anyway, the spider looks like an ant. Can you tell the difference? Probably.
1: Yeah, but I don't want to get up close and look at it and then go, oh, it's
0: actually a spider. Get up and lick it. It tastes minty. That's what I hear. No? Okay. Well, anyway. No,
1: that's not a good idea. Go ahead, go ahead. (laughs)
0: The AI will do it. Anyway, I'm out of here. So is the AI. I am Merwatt. That's hometown.com. And up there is the visualizer for the sentient AI from on high. We're out of here before the normal show even starts. Look at that. We normally start at eight o'clock.
1: That's right. It's a little after eight. Good night, hometown citizens. We will see you tomorrow at around 8 p.m. Eastern. (laughs)
0: The way to know when we are actually going to stream is to follow us here on twitch.tv slash hometown. And then if you miss our show, you can watch the VOD here for 60 days and you should do it every day. Just watch it once and then you can go about your business and then come back the next day and watch it again and then watch the new show. And eventually you'll watch all of the episodes 60 times a week. Um, then go over to YouTube and follow us over there and watch the show there and then download the podcast and leave a five-star review there and I will quote it verbatim kind of like Anchorman and uh, screw you San Diego (laughs) but I've I've lived in San Diego and now it's it's a great place anyway I miss diving there okay I'm out see ya so is the AI I'm taking the AI with me bye